Thank you guys so much for joining in on another episode of Cast the Word. Today's episode is on the topic, The Spirit of No Compromise. Thank you all so much for tuning in to today's episode. I pray that each of you are staying safe, healthy, and blessed right now. And today I want to talk to you for a few moments about the spirit of no compromise. And if you missed last week's episodes, I just want to call them out real quick. Feel free to go back and check them out. We we published our main episode last Monday titled A Happy New You. It was our first episode in 2021 talking about how the new year, I believe and pray, will bring a new you through Jesus Christ. And then we also published a bonus episode last Thursday about Are You in the Remnant? And I encourage you to go check that out. Last last week, I I mentioned in last Thursday's episode, the bonus episode, that that was going to actually be today's episode, but I wanted to get that out quick because there's other things that I want to talk about this month, and I'm trying to schedule out our episodes and be a little bit more organized about where we're going. I know you guys may not see all that on your end, but there's a lot that I feel like God has been pouring into me um, here recently. And I, I just am, am anxious to get all that out to you as quickly as I can so that we can continue moving and seeing what God has in store for the Cast the Word podcast. So today's topic is the spirit of no compromise. And our foundation scripture today is found in 2 Timothy 3 verses 16 through 17. And it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. In the church today, the spirit of compromise is running rampant. Believers all throughout the globe are substituting the gospel of Jesus Christ for a gospel of self-acceptance, self-indulgence, and self-appreciation. And the problem with that doctrine is just that it's not biblical. This doctrine teaches us to rise ourselves up to the throne of God, when the fact is that we are nothing without Jesus. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The Bible says that there can be no forgiveness of sin without confession, without the shedding of blood, and believing upon the Lord Jesus Christ. It's His blood that was shed on the cross that saved us if we confess our sins, turn from our wicked ways, and believe upon the Lord. Instead of ascribing to that philosophy, the biblical side of salvation, we hear throughout the land that Jesus is a Savior for some, but not for all. We hear Christians today trying to appease this culture By using phrases like, Jesus is my Savior, instead of saying Jesus is the Savior, we have high prolific people in in the entertainment world teaching that there's multiple ways to get to heaven, but my Bible says there's only one way to get to heaven, and that's through Jesus. The fact of the matter remains that with Jesus and the work that he did on the cross, without that work, I should say, none of us would be worthy to enter the kingdom. And that's factual. None of us are worthy to enter the kingdom. And we don't enter the kingdom through our works, or nor do we accomplish salvation through our own you know, works of giving, sacrifice, living as good as you can, whatever you want to say. None of that gets us to heaven. Because in truth, we all will fail because we all fall short. And that's what the Bible says. The only way we enter the kingdom is through the blood of Jesus be, by being covered under the blood of Jesus. He is the only way. 
And God's salvation is a gift that He calls us into through the conviction of the Holy Spirit by the hearing of the Word. The Bible, in its entirety, is the God-inspired Word of God. God breathed on man and inspired them to write the words that are written in the Scriptures, and none of them are there by accident. Today we're taught to be loving because God is love. And while that fact is true that God is love, the Scriptures are instead being twisted and turned to accommodate a sinful generation. We should love people because God is love, and we should adopt a Christ-like mindset. But we shouldn't use that scripture to accommodate sinful generation either. We should love people, but we should also hate the sin. And through our love, we should show the love of Christ who saved us when we were yet sinners. God is love, but God is also holy, and none of us can enter into His presence without Jesus and without being saved by the blood. In order to have a spirit of no compromise, to fight back against the enemy of darkness that manifests itself everywhere we turn today, it requires us to first and foremost believe in the scripture in its entirety. I brought up in the last episode, if you missed it, that there are so many believers today that just read the New Testament because they believe the Old Testament is not for them, not for us today. Paul teaches us in Romans that we are no longer under the Old Covenant. We are no longer under the law. And while we do not believe in legalism, there are some things in the Bible that are clearly wrong. And we should not compromise on those things because God has not compromised on them. We read in the New Testament about the fruit of the Spirit and the sin of the flesh that clearly outlines certain actions and traits that are simply not right in the eyes of God. It doesn't matter how much the world tries to teach us their principles, the church in love must not compromise on the Word of God. It's not my opinion, it's God's opinion. And as believers in the Word, we must not compromise on that fact either. Wherein lies the problem is how we convey that. And the best thing to do is to love people. We can't smack them over the head with the Bible because that will not lead people to Christ. But church leaders today are responsible for building the culture in their church buildings, and the culture of the church as a whole must be rooted and grounded in the whole counsel of God. We can't just rip pages out that are uncomfortable for us to talk about, and we must not avoid unpopular subjects. Leaders in the church must stand flat-footed and preach the entirety of the Word of God. And that's, that's what we've got to get back to right now. There's this spirit of compromise today that's teaching us because we're no longer under the law, you know, that means that we must neglect the Old Testament. And because we're under, no longer under the law, that requires us to or enables us to live however we want. And we're going to dive into some of that in this episode today. But back to my main point, you know, me hearing close friends and family mention here recently, actually, that... They don't read the Old Testament because it's not relevant for them today. And this really has always bothered me. I've heard this, you know, on social media and and YouTube videos here and there. And like I said, personal uh, friends and family that have said that. But it's always bothered me. But I don't know why here recently it's more of a burden for me. And because I have this podcast, I feel inclined to talk about it. Um, so you guys are lucky, I guess, to, to get to hear hear me uh, vent or, or plead my heart out to the world. Because please understand, even though we're not saved by the law, that does not mean we should ignore the entirety of the Old Testament. Paul teaches about this, actually, in Romans 7, verse 7. He says that the law 
really teaches us what sin is. And there are so many things in the Old Testament that are profitable for us and that can teach us in today's time on how to walk according to the Word of God. And this all goes back to our foundation text that I read at the beginning, 2 Timothy 3. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. It doesn't say the New Testament is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. No, it says all Scripture is given by God and is profitable. The spirit of compromise also teaches us that it is okay to live however we want to live and do whatever we want to do since we are no longer under the law, but are now under the dispensation of grace through Jesus. And this greasy grace doctrine is nothing short of deception. Now there's a balance, of course, we're not saved by the law, we're not, you know, we are saved by grace, but in Romans 6 we're taught that this doesn't give us a blank check of grace to do whatever we want to because we're saved. We're not teaching legalism, but we're also not teaching greasy grace where you can do and, and say and live however you want to live because we're saved. There is that balance between, you know, it's rightly dividing the Word of God. There's the balance right down the middle where we're not saved by the law, but that doesn't mean we don't ever open the Old Testament, in my opinion. And we're saved by grace, but that doesn't give us a right to do whatever we want to do either. In a Bible commentary, Perry Stone wrote out a good description of Romans 6 that I actually want to read to you guys. He says, In Romans 6, Paul confronts the conflict regarding believers who continue practicing some form of habitual sin and yet claim to be walking in God's grace. In Romans 5.21, Paul speaks of reigning, a term used for a king who is ruling from his throne. Paul is saying sin cannot reign in a believer who is supposed to be dead to sin, whose sinful nature has been crucified with Christ. The evil nature and carnal inclination should not rule in the mind or body of a believer. A believer must exercise discipline and self-control to avoid pitfalls and sinful people who stir up their old nature and the desires to sin. So just because we're not under the law doesn't give us a right to compromise the entirety of the gospel in the Bible. It doesn't give us a right to live this greasy grace mentality where we can, you know, say our prayer, confess Jesus as Lord, ask for forgiveness of our sins, and then go back to our habitual uh, sinful life because we said the prayer, we're good to go. There's that balance, and Romans 6 teaches that. And really, if I can say a quick plug here, Romans is such a great book. It's absolutely my favorite book of the Bible. Romans 6, 7, and 8 are some of my favorite chapters in the Bible because it really teaches the um, the character of a believer and salvation and, and adopting the mindset and, and moving from you know the Old Testament to the New Testament, where we find so many people arguing about in the church today. You know, Paul gave us those instructions, and it really hits home in what we're talking about in these specific points here. Moving on, in order to have a spirit of no compromise, we must also get rid of the tendency within ourselves to focus on pleasing people more than pleasing God. There was a blogger on Bible.com that wrote on this specific topic, and I want to read uh, to you some of what he outlined in this topic of pleasing God more than pleasing people and focusing on pleasing God more than pleasing man. 
he's speaking here about compromising your spiritual faith for others and, and goes back to calling out some of the activity that happened in Exodus when Moses was on Mount Sinai receiving the law and Aaron was down at the uh, base of Mount Sinai with the people of Israel. And this is what he says. Aaron was a more dynamic speaker than Moses, which is why God appointed him to be Moses' spokesman. But apparently he was a nice man who didn't like confrontation. So when the people asked him to make a god who would go before them, he compliantly went along with their demand. When he heard them proclaim this idol to be their god, who brought them up from Egypt rather than confronting them, he built an altar and proclaimed a feast unto the Lord. Maybe he was hoping for a compromise that wouldn't upset the people by saying, you can have your idol, but bring your burnt offerings and peace offerings and let's have a feast to the Lord. You can't have it both ways, though. But rather than helping the people turn back to the Lord, this compromise quickly degenerated into sexual immorality. The Hebrew for this scripture implies this. The the King James Version translates out of control as meaning that the people were naked. So it you know him making this idol and and creating this idol for the people, you know, compliantly giving into their requests, it quickly spiraled out of control. The blogger goes on to say it was like an unrestrained pagan rock concert. That's how quickly things can go downhill when spiritual leaders are people pleasers rather than God pleasers. So, I enjoyed that little excerpt there. I wanted to share it with you. I hope that really drives home that point there. Um, In this particular story from Exodus, Aaron was more focused on the people than he was on the Lord, who had just delivered them out of the hands of Pharaoh. Sometimes sticking with the Word of God is not popular, especially in today's culture. The world today wants the church to sit down and comply with their agenda, or leave, or be quiet. And I want to offer you some encouragement today that nothing takes the Lord by surprise. He has seen this coming way back when, and really it's always kind of been there, but now I guess it just seems more prominent than it has in the past. But God is looking for His people to stand boldly on the Word of God, believing every word from Genesis to Revelation as the God-inspired Word. It's all there for us today. It's all there to teach us and to build us and to grow us. And in order for us to be strongly rooted in the Word, we must be more focused on pleasing God rather than pleasing people. Because the fact is that in reality, you're never going to please everybody anyway, so why try? You'll always have a critic in this life. And I tell you that because I used to be very hung up personally on pleasing people. It was almost like a bondage for me. I would stress if certain people liked me or appreciated me for whatever it was that I was doing at that time. I would really focus on making sure that I was saying everything correctly in order to gain that person's acceptance. It was exhausting. I was overwhelmed and I had my eyes on people more than I had my eyes on God. And I'm talking about a season in my walk with Christ here. I was saved at that time. And I was, you know, constantly consumed by what other people thought of me. And I found myself often turning to my spouse, asking her for reassurance because I was so stressed about this. I believe it was absolutely a stronghold for me. And and I'm so grateful that even though, you know, I do admittedly have some struggle with this from time to time, God has delivered me from the bondage of constant stress and worry over whether or not 
I was making people happy. In this season in my life right now, especially as I work through this podcast, I am more consumed with making sure I am saying everything biblically sound and pleasing to the Lord. That's my only goal, to please God and to stay doctrinally sound with His Word while also offering some encouragement to the world and to tell the world that there's still hope. Don't lose hope. If there's any theme that I could try to encapsulate all of my episodes up to this point, it is that there is always hope for us. As long as you're breathing, there is hope. But don't take that hope for granted. Don't take the grace for granted. Don't compromise on the Word of God. Stand strong. Stand boldly on the Word of God, believing the Word in its entirety. And if you read it, believe it. And if God says it's wrong, it's wrong. And if God says it's right, it's right. And we can't try to accommodate what's socially acceptable or unacceptable today to please people. And if we are to have a spirit of no compromise in this time in our life, where we're being pushed farther and farther away from the truths of God, then we must turn our focus to God rather than people. It's incumbent upon us right now to learn how to stand flat-footed on the promises, and we've got to do it now more than ever before. The world today needs you to shine the light of Christ in your social circles. There is no other light out there other than what is found in Jesus. And if you are not portraying Jesus, then who's going to? The world isn't going to do it. Our government system isn't going to do it. The entertainment industry surely isn't going to do it. So it's up to us. It's up to the bride of Christ to stand in this world without compromising the Word of God and to point people to Jesus every chance we get. I encourage you today to be emboldened in this episode, to adopt a spirit of no compromising the Bible, and to enter a season of evangelism. We've got to be bold today by the Spirit to adopt an evangelistic mission in our lives. We've got to fish for men because there's too many people out there that are living in a famine and don't even know it. We've got to show the Word of God and live the Word of God and be a living testimony of what Jesus has done for each and every one of us in our lives. Our God is not a golden calf like the one that was built at the base of Mount Sinai for us to do with whatever we want. We can't mold our God or build Him into the God we think He ought to be. We cannot shape Him or fit Him into this world system and expect Him to change to fit our lives rather than us changing to line up with the Word. That's not the God of the Bible. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and He changes not. He is who He says He is, and who He says He is will never be shaken or changed. So in order for us to have a spirit of no compromise, we must know who the God of the Bible is and not seek a socially acceptable, user-friendly God, because that's not Jehovah. That is an idol that we have formed with our own hands to fit into our life so we can continue living the way we want to live and feel good about ourselves because we can, quote, label ourselves as Christians. And that's not true. That's not biblical. He may not look like a golden calf, But I can promise you that that is an idol that we have formed with our own hands. I pray that we get in the Word. I pray that we soak up the Word. And when we read, Lord, show us something in us that you want us to change. Get out of me everything that you hate 
implant yourself deeper and deeper into my life so that I can be rooted and grounded firmly in the Word of God and not have a spirit of compromising the Word, but instead have a spirit of no compromise where we stand bold, where we stand in love, and where we stand strengthened by your Word, being able to proclaim the good news of Jesus while not sacrificing the entire counsel of God. Because it's all there for for uh, doctrine, it's all there for reproof, it's all there for helping us live righteously. That's what the Bible says, and that's a New Testament scripture, that the entirety of the Word is written for us. I pray that you've been strengthened today, friends. Our world needs to see the love of Christ. Show the love of Christ in every endeavor of your life. Let people see how gracious God has been in your life, and don't silence your testimony. And I pray that today you have been quickened and strengthened to not only not compromise on the word, but instead stand flat-footed and to adopt a spirit of evangelism in today's late hour. And make sure your roots are deeply planted in the entirety of the word of God, because it's all there for us, right? It's all inspired for God to help build us up in truth and to not tear us down. Amen. Stay strong in the faith, and I look forward to talking to you next time.